This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. There is no position like that in basketball. Lavelle Moten is the head coach at NC Central. There is no goalie in basketball. Lavelle Moten joins us on the Adam Gold Show. He is now the all-time winningest coach in NC Central history, 252 wins at the school. How does that sound to you? What does it mean to you? Wow, man. You know, first and foremost, thank you for having me. It's always a joy to be on with you. Um, Man, to hear you say it, it kind of sunk in, you know, right there a little bit. You know, it's just an honor and a privilege to be mentioned in the same breath. You know, after Legends, the McClendons, the Bernards, Jackson, Floyd Browns, et cetera. And, um, you know, it feels weird individually, honestly, right? Um, it's weird accepting an individual award in a team sport. Right. Because it, it pretty much means I had some really good basketball players, some yeah. really good coaches, um, some really good players that made me look a lot better than I actually had. <laughs> um, so when, when, when you started coaching who was the what was there somebody who coached at an hbcu who was kind of your model man i I just tried to do what my former coach greg jackson did you know i tried to run my practices the way he ran them um and obviously put my own spin on it but you know my pathway was a little different than most ncaa coaches i came from middle school Right. And then high school and then the AU circuit. So I tr- truly came from the bottom. And it was a gift and a curse. The gift was I could establish my own identity, right? And it wasn't someone else's um, voice in my head telling me to do this and do that and I'm modeling and pattern things after someone else. I was truly Lavelle Moten because I had no other person I could be. So I just kept, tried to reach out and get mentors, Greg Jackson and I went and sat in on some practices with Coach K and Will Williams and, you know, then the connection with Mike Tomlin came. And I just kind of, you know, took a piece and stole from everyone and then kind of incorporated, you know, my core values and my system and, you know, the rest of history. Lavelle Moten is joining us here on the Adam Gold Show. I was fortunate enough to work in Baltimore for three years, and I don't know that this was the heyday of Coppin State, uh, mm-hmm. But I got a chance to spend some time with Fang Mitchell. And, yes. and he struck me as just, first of all, an incredible gentleman. And we all mm-hmm. know the uh, the, the resource uh, deficit that right. coaches in HBCUs have to deal with. Uh, mm-hmm. But he struck me as one of the, uh, just one of the best coaches that I mm-hmm. had ever been around. Um, right. And I got to I got to watch there. Uh, they uh, who did they beat? They beat Texas in the first round, or did they South, lose South to Texas? Carolina. South Carolina in the South first Carolina, round, yeah. and nearly beat, beat Texas. Texas in the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, so in the thirty-two to go to the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah. What what, what did somebody? What did a, a performance like that? Uh, how did that leave a mark on you? You know, it, it inspired me um, to say the least, um, because. I always knew what HBCUs were capable of doing. You know, um, again, I went to, I attended North Carolina mm-hmm. and I played in that league, right? And so um, the player of the year and the HBCU player of the year race in 1996 came down to me and Ben Wallace. And I was able to get mm-hmm. it over Ben. 
Now, obviously, Ben is in the Hall of Fame now. <laughs> so I knew the potential. I knew the type of players that we had. Um, you know, I was playing in summer leagues in St. Hall with Flip Murray, right, yeah. um, who went to Shaw University. Yep. Things like that. So I knew the caliber of players that HBCUs had. I just knew if it was a pickup game and you took the jersey and the name on the front, off of the front, you like you wouldn't tell who's who's went to Carolina, who went to NC State, who went to Duke, or or any of that. So, you know, for Fane to go out and do what he did, it just inspired me as a coach as well because I knew I just had to go try to get the same caliber players with the same attitude and mindset and mentality, and then you can make and create some history. It really is about resources. Lavelle Moten is joining us here on the Adam Gold Show. Uh, because, I mean, there have been legendary players. I mean, Earl Monroe, mm-hmm. right, is a Winston-Salem mm-hmm. State guy. Uh, mm-hmm. There are mm-hmm. legendary players uh, who who played at HBCUs. W- w- why is there such, I don't know, why is there such a stigma? Why do people look down on it uh, as much as they do? Um, you know, I think it's because of the lack of resources, right? Um, you know, we need to get with our respected state school, I mean, you know, state representation and get the necessary funding, right, to be able to have these exotic practice facilities and campuses worldwide that, you know, some of these guys have, such as our uh, contemporaries and peers in North Carolina and NC State and things of that nature. So I think if you look across the board, you'll see that HBCUs have been um, underfunded, Mm -hmm. right? And at the end of the game, at the end of the day, this is all a money game, right? The team or the people with the most money will always win or be in in, the, in position to win. That's just how it is. It's going to be like that in the NFL. If your team is at the bottom of the salary cap list, they're getting their butt kicked, right? <laughs> because you got to spend money on players. It's like that in the NBA. If your team is at the bottom of the salary cap list, they're getting their butt kicked. So it's no different than college basketball. If your team is at the at the bottom of the salary cap list or the economic list, you know, it's going to be much more difficult and more of a challenge. So I just think we have to get with the elected officials. We have to get with the House of Representatives. We have to get with the governors and, you know, the people, the House of Representatives, the people that make these decisions to pretty much start with the funding of these HBCUs so we can showcase the talent and the necessary pool that we have to be successful. Lavelle Moten is joining us here um, on the Adam Gold Show. How do, how have the, like, forget about how it has impacted Central, because Mm -hmm. I know it has impacted Central. Um, How do things like the Portal and NIL, uh, how have they changed from from your perspective? And is it ultimately a good thing on what has happened in college sports? Yeah. Good idea. Good idea. Good idea. Poorly executed. Um, I'm always going to be an advocate for a student athlete because that was me. That's right. how I got my break, and you know that's how I came across. Um, however, I think the decision was rushed, and now it became the wild, wild west. And so I don't think this is amateur basketball anymore. I really think it's semi-pros. Right? Yeah. I think it's just turned into the developmental league. And whenever you leave anything with money, it now becomes a business. 
whether you like it or not. Mm -hmm. And so college basketball has become a, a business, and that takes away from the spirit. The spirit of college basketball was always the passion, the emotion, the fan base being connected to the players, the players being connected to the fan base. On senior night, you get a chance to honor and recognize someone who's been in that program for three or four years. He's crying, you crying because you're thankful for um, his hard work and dedication. He's thankful for your support. And all. Like, those days are gone. <laughs> that ain't happening no more, right? <laughs> so now it's turned into the Wild Wild West. You're winning players. Whenever money is leading, the mores and values go out the window, right? So there's no more integrity on either part. So coaches and players can't trust each other. Players can't trust coaches. Coaches can't trust AAU coaches. AAU coaches don't trust players. Like, it's, it's all – everyone is fighting to get their hand in the money bag, right? And so mm-hmm. – that's what makes it difficult. And that's why you see a lot of these coaches who were once icons and legends, they're, they're leaving the game now because they're like, nah, this is too much. This ain't what I signed up for. Right. And so you wonder, when do we get back uh, to normalcy? Um, when do we get back where we're developing and teaching these young men life lessons to go out into this world and be successful and productive citizens? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, when do we teach them, um, how to how to stick around and not run. You know, the, the essence of manhood is to respond to the adversity that's presented your way. That, that's what life is about, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you continue to run and you continue to run, well, like, who are you when you're 30 years old? We failed you, right? So many people make these decisions and try to, try to, try to justify these decisions by having NBA basketball players as their... Adam Golden Studio with my man, Coach Pete DeRuta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. Financial advice industry can be overwhelming for a lot of people. Is there a way to be sure you're getting the best service when you don't know? Yeah, Adam, it's not just if you gave the money to a planning team and they did good the first year. I mean, anyone could do good for one year, but it's a track record and it's a long-term accounts that are very important. We call that a financial fill-up strategy, Adam, and that gives you lifetime income you can never outlive. We'll put together for you, the listener, your very own total retirement plan if you call right now. Call and claim your comprehensive review with Coach Pete and the team, 888-843-0013, or text Adam to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. As their final product, mm-hmm. right? That's a one percentile. I don't care what rule you make or change <laughs> in the NCAA. Look, they're still not going to be LeBron James. They're right. still not going to be Kevin Durant. They're still not going to be Giannis. They're still not going to be joking. If they are, God bless them. But they still are going to be the one percent if they go that way. So we have to focus and shift our concern to the ninety-nine percent. Because I don't care how many schools you go to, how many times you try to get paid from this coach and that coach and who you blame on your way out the door, it still takes what it takes to get to the next level. You got to be damn good and you got to be really, really uh, driven and you got to be passionate and you got to do something better than 99% of the world. And if you can't do that, then you're going to have to go out here and be a productive citizen in this world. And to be a productive citizen, you got to have the principles of manhood that can get you through life, right? So you can be Mm -hmm. a better husband, a better father, a better advocate in your community, a better better parent, a better head of household, all of those things because the skill set transfers over. So I think we're failing these kids miserably in that regard because everybody's talking about the money. And nobody said keep your morals and values and integrity in place because you and I both know all money ain't good money. No, no, I absolutely, absolutely. Uh, yeah. it, it all, but it all depends on how much of it. Uh, I'm just kidding. 
Uh, no, no, that's true, too. Not really. That's true. Now, I'm not telling the 19-, 20-year-old kid to turn down significant amount of right. money. But, again, when you're talking about these six-figure right. deals, that's that's less than probably 1% or 2% of these student-athletes receiving that. No question. So now people are making bad decisions on the front end. Um, to just go chase a bag, to go chase $10,000. You and I both know $10,000 after taxes with a kid is going to be $6,500. And the way they spend money now and buy things at Christmas, that's gone, right? So why not stay in a program where you can develop and get that money on the back end because now you got some stats and some bullet points to present and so you can further your opportunities in a professional environment after basketball because you went somewhere and you performed. Because at the end of the day, it's a results-oriented business. Wherever you go, you must perform. It's, that's all that matters. It's an investment in yourself is what, uh, is what you're getting to. Would collective bargaining, because at some point, and I think at some point soon, the courts are going to declare athletes employees of the right. universities. Would collective bargaining, because just because you become, you get employee status, doesn't mean you have to get physically paid by the university. You can strike whatever deal uh, is is there between the two parties. Would collective bargaining be a positive for college athletics? I think with anything, you know, any idea, I think it's going to be pros and cons to it. I'm all for student athletes getting what they need to get, as long as the pros outweigh the cons. Right. Right. In this position, you know, I, I think co- collective bargaining, I, I think that's a great option. Right. You know, um, I, I think all of this, and, and honestly, Adam, I, I just think all of this was done as a rush to judgment by the NCAA because they didn't want to pay players. Right. <laughs> so I, I just, I, honestly. A hundred percent. Right, that's all it is. And, and if you notice, every time they get a lot of heat on, look, y'all should pay us, they put another banana in the tailpipe and distract you, right? And so now we distracted with the NIL. We distracted with, you know, co- a collective. We distracted with something else. And then when this wear down, the focus will go back on the NCAA and they'll give you another distraction. You see what I'm saying? Yep. At the end of the day, they're a nonprofit organization that's, that's worth multi-billions. So they yep. got enough money in the pot to go around and pay these kids equally. And that's how it is, right? And so you, it, it can be for the men's and women's size, for the revenue and non-revenue size. That's, that's more than a billion dollars. So your, billion, your collective bargaining agreement should come from the NCAA, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and put, put that in shares. And I, my thing would be, you know, dealing with the inflation. If a kid goes to a school, give them ten thousand the first year. The next year's worth twenty. The next year's worth thirty. The next year's worth fifty, or whatever it may be. Right. So mm-hmm. they can figure it out. They're smart enough to figure out everything else. They were smart enough to figure out how to negotiate a multi-billion-dollar deal over thirty years. Well, be smart enough to divvy it up and delegate this this economic value that y'all are getting off the backs of these kids. All right, final thing for Lavelle Moten, and uh, you know how I feel about you. You are a legend. I can't uh, wait to, uh, you know, just look down. I wish I could see down the road. Uh, you're, you're, you're future governor uh, of the state of North Carolina, whether you like it or not. Um, <laughs> don't, don't laugh. I'm going to dra- drag you into this. Um, uh, yesterday, we lost, actually Sunday, we lost Eric Montross. And I know you guys played at a similar time. 
mm-hmm. and while I don't know if you ran, you know, if you, if you, how much of a relationship you had with mm-hmm. Eric, everybody who encountered mm-hmm. Eric uh, says the same thing that he was. I mean, the most kind human mm-hmm. being they had ever met. Absolutely. So, just your your thoughts on Eric and his passing way too young at fifty two. Truly, truly a gentle giant. Um, you know, I first met I first met Eric um, when I was in high school. A lot of people don't know this, but my first cousin is Donald Williams. Um, right. He was he was MVP of the uh, nineteen ninety three Final Four. So on his visits and you know his freshman year i was still in high school so i would always go up there and see him and we would play pickup in the summer and you know we we competed in the summers and then went out on franklin street and got something to eat and over the years he's just become you know someone that was a true gentle giant and you know when i first heard that he was ill wow just like wow he's gonna get through this and then you know i opened up social media yesterday and i saw the um devastating news um Truly, truly, truly such a remarkable guy. Um, He was one of the first guys that left the state of Indiana to come play basketball in North Carolina, which was taboo, right? right? I think Sean may eventually follow his footsteps, right? But I think they were Indiana guys, and they left the state of Indiana to go play in North Carolina, which was taboo. So he was trailblazing and a pioneer within itself. He was a champion, both on and off the floor, and just a quality young man. And, you know, I know Dean Smith is, is smiling because of, you know, he was a reflection of Dean Smith, right? I don't know if you ever mm-hmm. met Dean Smith, but he was the most loving, kind-hearted individual ever, <laughs> right? And so it was almost like Big E was just like a, a seven-foot version of, of Dean Smith, right? <laughs> so he always had a smile, always had a word for you. And... um my heart and my condolences and my prayers go out to him and his family and uh, the University of North Carolina Athletics and their basketball department. Lavelle Moten, you're the best. I appreciate your time. Congratulations uh, on the uh, on the first, and I'll congratulate you when uh, when all the election returns are in, uh, whenever that time is uh, time is there. Uh, and I'll I'll be your uh, I'll be your campaign. Uh, I'll run your campaign for you. Look, man, we won't make it because once they do the background check and see uh, the trouble I caused at 10 years old, they'd be like, nah, this is going to be done. I'll be eliminated from that right there. Uh, I'll talk to you very soon. Uh, congratulations again. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas, man. You're the best. Thanks for having me. You got it. Lavelle Moten here on the Adam Gold Show. Um, yeah, I knew that there was a connection to Eric, so I wanted to uh, – yeah. It's funny. What what did he say about when he found out, like he, when when he found out that Eric was sick, like uh, he's big and strong, he'll get through it. And that's what I thought. Now I, I was actually reading my text uh, to Eric because, like, never friends or anything like that. But you know, we had a professional relationship. And when I saw the news, I sent him a you know a go get him tiger type of a. Uh, uh, text and I was just reading it and getting more sad because we make an assumption that because today the the odds of beating cancer have gone up so much that we forget sometimes that the odds are not yeah I mean it's not pleasant. It, it ain't a hundred percent no and that happened fast it was we got the diagnosis the word of I think in March and when Carolina season ended. And then 
Yeah. I mean, we're, this is December. So it was six months, seven months, nine too months. Young. I don't know. I don't know how many months, eight months. Not sure. Uh, but yes, too young, 52 years old. Uh, by the way, Lavelle Moten is uh, one of the great people that you'll ever yeah, meet. Yeah, he's from my neck of the woods, too. 336, the oh, triad. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, he came from uh, Boston, born mm-hmm. in Boston, moved down here, ultimately was raised in southeast Raleigh. And I had the privilege, the absolute privilege of being there when they dedicated the park. Yeah. For uh to him it was wasn't l- this past summer it was the summer previous. And you the the outpouring of of love from his community to him. Just something that Yeah. You should all get a chance to see something like that. Uh, he is one of the most influential people in the Triangle. Well, it's great when good people get their flowers when they're still here to receive them. I love Lavelle Moten. 